Good morning, church. Here we are, another wonderful time where we get to gather together in living rooms and bedrooms and uh, all kind of rooms. Uh, we're, I can't wait. We're one, you know, we're just a couple Sundays closer. We don't know exactly what Sunday, but we are one closer. This Sunday means me we're one closer to meeting in this beautiful building where the church gets to meet. And, uh, and by the way, we do have some things that, uh, that are going on, as you can tell. I'm excited about that as well. Things are happening here. And today, I wanna, I wanna continue what our executive pastor, Mark Anthony Linton, started last week over, uh, faith over fear. And during these times, this is a, this is where we wanna begin to lock in to say, Lord, what are you saying and what are you doing? And it's it's no different than what's happened all through the Bible. As a matter of fact, um, in in the book of Acts, after Jesus has already paid for our sin, he's risen from the dead, he, he, he became victorious and he gave us victory over death in the grave. Um, after all of that, he is now meeting with his disciples and he's about to leave. And in Acts 1, uh, Luke begins to record about him talking to his disciples, and he actually tells them that just as John, he baptized with water, but they're going to get something, mm, something incredible. They're going to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, he, he's telling them that in verse 5. And in verse 6, his disciples begin to take notice, and he asked, they ask him this question in verse 6. And, and they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? So like as this, as this pandemic has gone on and different ones have, have begun to read different things and begin to study different things, I've had a number of people that have asked me, are these the end times? And I can quite certainly say one thing for sure, two things. Number one, it's not the beginning because Genesis 1 says in the beginning. I know it's not the middle because all of the Old Testament pointed to the Messiah, the anointed one, coming to change this whole, the mankind, to bring us life where we were, where we had death. And so we know that happened because of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Son of God and the Son of Man. And so we know it's not the middle. And so, yeah, are we at the end? We're, we're, we're towards the end. But here's what I want to encourage you with. After his disciples asked him that question, are you going to restore this now? Are you going to make everything right? Um, what, what he began to explain to them was this. In verse 7, he said, hey, it's not for you to know times or dates the Father has set in his own authority. In other words, through the prophets and through God's word and through revelation, the revelation of Jesus... We know events that are going to take place. And Jesus didn't want us to be unaware. Matter of fact, he kept telling them the whole time for, for three years he was with the disciples, he was going to be checking out, but they couldn't grasp that. So he did tell them about the event that was going to take place, but they couldn't grasp it until it showed up and then they were surprised. So events God has made us aware of. Time is set in his hand. And so I want to, I want to go to verse eight where Jesus, after he told them, don't worry about the, the timing of things. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you for one reason, for you will be my witness. 
You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the, and Samaria and the other ends of the earth. And so I want to tell you, we need to stay on mission in the middle of what's going on. And in order to do that, that's why we thought, hey, let's look at this whole thing of faith over fear. Because as um, our executive pastor mentioned last week in, in the scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul wrote to his young protege, this young pastor, he said, for God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So if you're afraid right now, just know that didn't come from God. And yeah, we'll look at this thing of fear, but but he didn't give us that. But he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind so we can operate in the midst of what we have going on and keep on message. And so if I look at faith and fear together, there's two things that they have in common. Probably a lot more than that, but two that I want to look at today. And that is, number one is, both faith and fear are contagious. They're both contagious. So it really has to do with what we're listening to. Matter of fact, Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes from hearing. Well, I want to say also fear comes from hearing. Whatever I'm listening to, if I keep listening long enough, I begin to believe whatever is being told to me. And so that, that it, faith comes by hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. So hearing that in the midst of everything, Jesus still has it. He's still there. He's still faithful. So faith and fear are both contagious. And also faith and fear are contingent upon information, either thought or taught. And so there's certain things that just well up in our minds for whatever reason. We hear something and because of either something that's happened in our life or because of or because of things that have, have, uh, have, have either we've watched or listened, we begin to think and our mind takes us into places where we can be fearful, where we can either, or we can rise up in faith. And so things that are taught and thought have a lot of power. Matter of fact, we move in the direction of our greatest thoughts. And so whatever they are, so whatever those are. So I want to challenge you that this is a great time for us to be saturating our hearts and our minds with the word of God. We want to allow it to permeate every part because it is the, it's the life that comes in it. it it's a, it's, it's living. It's active. It, it does something on the inside. It builds our faith. So I want to challenge you not only be, not only to be listening to myself and other wonderful men of God that, and women of God that keep teaching and sharing God's word, but I want you to read it for yourself and allow that to come in. Now, as I look, a while back, I'd shared something on fear, and somebody had shared with me an acronym about fear, which was false evidence appearing real. And I just want to say, as we go through this, there's some false evidence, but there's also some factual evidence. As a matter of fact, in Scripture, if you look at it, if you look at a different different thing, events that took place when Moses was being pursued after they'd just been delivered, which we celebrated just a few Sundays, two Sundays ago, where we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, where where the Passover, death passes over, thanks to Jesus, he is our Passover, um, as we celebrated that, that as Moses had done that and he was released to go to Egypt, they're running, they're, they're going towards the promised land, they're pursuing, and then realize, hold it, the Egyptian army realized, hold it, why'd we let them go, we're coming after them. It was very factual that there, all the chariots, all of the Egyptian armies coming after them, they're at the Red Sea. And I know our past, executive pastor mentioned it last week, but they're there and it's very real. And as he 
he's standing there. There's a good reason to realize, hold it, this could not work out well. But they didn't look at them. They began to look to God and look to where they were going. And God blessed them that. Also with David and Goliath, very familiar story. If you haven't done, uh, read that or seen that, Google it. Um, but David, a young man, uh, facing a nine-foot giant, a warrior. That's a fact. And and he had very, every reason because he had all of the army sitting there, including older brothers that were afraid to go out and fight this giant. And David had every reason, but he chose. It was very factual. That went on. But he chose to trust that, God, you're going to do this for me. And so as we move forward during these times, our faith has to be in what God says and what God will do. And so, uh, matter of fact, David, the very one that killed the giant, is the one that wrote in Psalms 56.3, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In other words, acknowledging there are times where we're going to be afraid, where fear will sometimes rule the day. But David said, when, I, when that day comes and when it tries to overtake me, he said, that's the moment when I realize, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And as, as, we, as I thought about this, I thought of Joshua. Joshua, who was a, the one that, that, that took the, the children of Israel from Moses and said, hey, Joshua, you're the one that's going to lead them into the promised land. And so as Joshua starts in Joshua 1.9, uh, the Lord tells him, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, nor be discouraged. And I just want to say to you, when somebody tells you, don't be afraid, <laughs> there's usually a reason, like, hold it, why not be afraid? Is there something to be afraid of? Is there a reason? Hold it, be courageous. Is there a reason I shouldn't be courageous? It's kind of like when you go and, and, and you tell your parents, or you got something, news or information to tell them, it's like, hey, don't be worried. When, you, when a, when a child tells their parents, hey mom, dad, don't be worried. You just announce to them there's something to be worried about. And so when God tells Joshua, do not be afraid, be courageous. And he said, uh, it goes on, for the Lord your God will be with you. And that's the key. When we look at this faith over fear, it's not something that I've got to muster up. It's something that I've got to trust in. I've got to say, Lord, you're greater. And so there's three things I want to go over real quickly about faith. Real simply, and that is this, faith is promising. So last week, um, we went over Hebrews 11, 1 in great detail. And just to remind you of that, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. In other words, there's, I put it out here that, hey, I am believing that there's going to be better days. It's, it's my hope. Hope is not set in something that I already have. It's like, I don't have it, so I need it out here. And so I, as I look forward, my hope is not just blindly going, I hope it gets better. It's like, no, because of God, I know that my hopes will come to fruition. And that is, it's found in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes and amen in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So hope, I mean, so faith is promising in this. He will accomplish what he's promised. And, and then the second one is this. 
Faith is practical. It's a very practical thing. It's not something I've got to, I just got to throw caution to the wind. One thing that faith does, I love what Jesus did. There was a blind man that needed to be healed. And, um, and Jesus, there, he did it many different ways. He healed all kinds of ways. He sent the word and spoke and it happened. There were different times where he would lay hands on. There, there's this one time where this man was blind and, oh, you need to see. So he dipped down on the ground, got some, got some clay and spit it and began to make mud, which would have been very interesting to every, anybody else around, not him, because of, hey, what's going on? I don't know if, 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 if you catch the gist of that, but it was very practical. Here he is using clay to heal clay because we're all made out of dust. We all came from dust. That's what the scripture tells us ultimately. And so very practically, Jesus is using the very thing we're made out of to heal us. Very practically. Also, in the Old Testament, one of my favorite stories is how Naaman, he wasn't even part of the Israelites. Matter of fact, they had captured some of the Israelites and his wife's servant, who was an Israelite, um, Naaman was a great commander of the Syrian army. He had a, he had a skin disease called leprosy. It was, it was a very, it was a disease that could not be healed. It was one that you could just try to manage. And so this little Israelite servant girl went to her, 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 uh, went to Naaman's wife and said, Hey, if, if you'll tell him to go to Israel, there's a, a prophet there. He'll, he'll, there's a man of God. He'll heal him. And so the king, Naaman's king, sent him with gold and silver and clothing, sent him to uh, to Israel, to the king of Israel, and said, Hey, have your servant heal my servant. Have him, just, just have him heal him of the leprosy. And of course, the king of Israel thought, man, it got really bad. This is found in 2 Kings chapter 5, if you want to read it for yourself. This is kind of paraphrasing. And he actually told him that the king of Israel thought, Who can heal leprosy? And then, of course, the prophet Elisha hears that the king rents his garment because he thinks the, the king of Syria is actually trying to bait him into a war. And he says, no, tell him to come to my house and I'll heal him. So Naaman comes to Elisha's house and Elisha doesn't even go out to meet him. He actually, his servant goes out and tells him, hey, I tell you what, you want to be healed of this disease, just go wash in the Jordan River Seven times. Very practical. And of course, Naaman got very mad and angry because he thought, matter of fact, I love this verse, Second uh, Kings chapter 5, but Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and, and cure me of my leprosy. Many times we have have this preset mind or we have this thing that it has to happen this way in order for God to move. And I love what, what Elijah said. Hey, just, just go wash. Very faith is very practical. And of course, after he, uh, after his servant actually said, Hey, Hey boss, what if, uh, what if he'd have told you to go do some heroic deed? Would you have done it? And he said, well, I guess so. And he said, Hey, he just asked you to do a simple thing. Faith is very practical. He went and washed, and of course, many of you know the story. He went and washed seven times, and as a result, he was healed. You know, faith without works is dead. That's what James, the brother of Jesus, said. So faith 
It's promising, it's practical, but faith is very powerful. And so if I, if I look at this thing of faith and, and this is the one thing Jesus said when he comes back and that's really our, our mission and our message is that, hey, the scripture said he's coming, he came, and now we're to say, hey, he said I'm coming back. We're saying, hey, he's coming back, it ain't over yet. And as we're on mission, faith is very powerful. While he was walking on this planet, there was a situation where a young man had been um, controlled by an evil spirit that would throw him in the fire and throw him in the water. His disciples tried to relieve him of that. And uh, when they couldn't, Jesus rebuked it, rebuked the, the spirit that had control over him. Re- the spirit released him and he was fine. And then they asked him, why couldn't we do that? And Jesus told him, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, was Jesus advocating, I need to go to the Rocky Mountains, I need to go to some of the, some of the peaks and say, hey, move over here? Absolutely not. What he was saying is, hey, if you'll just put your trust in the one that made the mountains, the ones that, the one that can, can, that created everything, if you'll put your trust there, that mountain that seems so big is not nearly as big in comparison to the one who created it. And so faith is very powerful, just a small bit, and you can connect with God. You can, you can move mountains. So, Understanding that the two major parts to faith are this. It's trust and believe. Trust and believe. See, right now you're trusting in things. Uh, some of you are trusting that um, that when you go outside to, to, to crank your car, that it's just going to it's gonna fire up because of knowing that it's done that in the past. Some of you are trusting that when you fire up that stove or fire up that grill or whatever, whether it's with charcoal or whatever, you know, it is coming Sunday afternoon. Sunday lunch is coming, or maybe it might be brunch for some of y'all, breakfast and lunch. But you have faith that whatever it is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work for you. Well, let me say that as we walk through this, trusting and believing in the Lord, it always asks the question, who or what, I'm, who or what am I trusting in? First of all, for my eternity... And then for my security, for my eternal life, but also for my temporal life here on this planet. And I want to challenge you just three things in response to this thing of faith over fear. Number one is recognizing that God is ultimately in control of everything. John chapter one, verse three says everything was created by him and for him and without him. Nothing was made that was made. So he owns it all. He created it all. Yes, he's given us wisdom to shape it and to move it and to do different things with it. Everything you look at was created from the earth or or, or iron or, or, or metals or stuff. It comes from the ground. And so the beautiful thing, God has control of it all. And um, for those of you who haven't surrendered to his control to say, Lord, I, I, I'm still trying to do it on my own. I'm trying to figure it out all, all on my own. I did that for, for, for 23 years of my life. And for the last 34, and that gives you an idea. You can do the math. <laughs> how old, 
Um, if you think about it, the beauty of that is, wow, 23 years I did it on my own. The last 34 have been much more incredible. What are you trusting? Who are you entrusting your life and your will to? I want to tell you, God has nothing but good in mind for you. Matter of fact, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thieves come to kill, steal, and destroy. He said, but I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And that's in the midst of everything that's going on because my trust is not in my ability to navigate this or to to make things happen. My trust is, Lord, you can make things happen. The second thing I want us to, to recognize is that um, most of us fear the unknown. Uh, we can either make fun of it or we fear it. But everything is known by God. And so we walk in faith of what God will do and is doing for us instead of fear of what will happen to us. One of my heroes of the faith is Paul, um, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament. In Philippians, he wrote, one, to live as Christ, to die as gain. In other words, I'm not looking to, to end this, but I am saying, hey, my life was already, I like to put it this way, Mark Linton, me, I died 34 years ago, February the 9th, 1986, is when I said, Jesus, I give you my life. And so I have been walking in faith and recognized, Lord, I'm walking in what you're going to do for me, not what, what's going to happen to me. Um, in Christ, according to Romans chapter 8, nothing can separate us from his love. There's nothing that can happen that, nothing that can do that. And then thirdly, we need to recognize that in the midst of every moment, sitting in the middle of every season, whether there's tension or none, whether it's, it's in, in, in great uh, poverty, with great lack, or great surplus in supply, um, God is wanting to use us to make a difference. And the, the beautiful thing about that is I want all of my fellow believers in Christ to think about what is it that Jesus wants you to do in the midst of this. Now, I know that as this thing has continued to grow and 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 gotten bigger and things have come up and more knowledge is known and some still unknown, that there are people, and, and even as we heard this past week, just a few days ago, a couple of days ago, that that our, uh, you know, the churches are open. Well, that's that's not exactly the case. It's with the stipulation and with phase one. And we have that on our website and we've been communicating that. And we'll communi- continue to communicate that to you, that we get to make a difference to and for people. Like for me, I've said it before and I've said, it, there's no fear here. If you ran a, a thing and scanned this, I have no fear for myself. And I don't even have fear for others, but I do walk in faith of I want to help make a difference in them. And so I want to challenge you. There, right now, when the governor said that, it all came out. Everything's free. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Some of y'all done got some haircuts. Some of y'all got your nails done. Some of y'all done went to a movie, maybe. Nope, excuse me, that's tomorrow. <laughs> but there, there are things, you may have went bowling or what have you. This isn't a thing of, hey, I get to do what I want. And if you don't, you're bad. Or, hey, what are you doing out and about in public? This is a thing where we get to make a difference and say, hey, I've got grace to walk in the knowledge and the truth that, God, if somebody's sheltered in, I praise God for that. And I celebrate them. If somebody's out and they feel like they're fully confident 
you know, hey, you know, it's not going to happen to me. I still want you to think about, hey, I don't want you to think, hey, you don't want to transmit it to somebody else. That's where we do make a difference in other people's life. And so whether we're strictly adhering to physical distancing or whether we're, we're saying, hey, we, we get to get out and about. For us personally, one thing that is happening, we will, our small groups, we're following guidelines and we're, we're honoring God and honoring people. We're loving God and we're loving people. We will begin to gather in our small groups and be able to connect in groups of 10 or less and begin to do that and meet and encourage and look across the table and say, hey, how you doing? Just like right now, hey, how you doing? We get to do that, but on a physical level, hey, looking across there, those that feel comfortable, this is not anybody feel, oh, you've got to do this. These are things we get to. And so one thing I can encourage is there's a number of things. We can can make phone calls. Uh, When you're posting or when you're tweeting or whatever it is you're doing, could you think about somebody other than my feelings, your feeling, my own what I want, what I don't want? Think about somebody else and, and honor and bless and encourage them. You know, I'd like to leave you with this. Faith, an acronym I came up and looked at and just kind of said, hey, what, what is, what is this looking at? There are real things that happen in our life, but faith says this, forsaking all, I trust him. In other words, no matter what happens in my life, no matter where it's at, no matter where, where it leads, where I'm at, Lord, my trust and my faith is 100% in what you say and what you do. My life is hidden in Christ, and so it belongs to Him. And maybe you're listening this morning, you've never made a decision, or maybe you have, and it's been a long time for you, said, you know what? I've been trusting in my own ability to make myself right with God. I've been trusting in good works. I've been trusting in, hey, I'll just do some good stuff, and then God will bless me, and I get to be a part. Faith is saying, Lord, I trust in what you say, not what I feel or think. And so I want to challenge you this morning. If you're connecting with us and you're just you're wrestling with that and, and maybe you haven't made that decision i would love to pray with you this morning and give you an opportunity to surrender your life to surrender your will to the lord and say god i want to trust you you made it all i want to give you it all because you gave it all to me and so i'm going to ask you at this time wherever you're at you can close your eyes or you can leave them open god it's all a matter of in here. I'm going to close mine. It's it's really more just a thing of, of reverence. I know when we're in a room, I told you it's really to get alone. And it's actually to shut down external stimulus to say, what am I trusting in? But I want to, I want to lead you in a prayer where you can commit your life to Christ. If you would like, I'd love for you to pray with me and just say something like this. Father God, I recognize that my own life my sins, things that I've done, things that I've said, have disconnected, have separated me from you. And I acknowledge that I've done and said things that are displeasing to you and dishonoring to me. I believe that Jesus, your son, came to this earth and lived a sinless life and gave his life so that I could have his life. And I choose as an act of my will to give my life to you this morning, Lord. And in return, I receive your spotless, perfect life. Holy Spirit, come, infuse me with the life of Christ that I can walk it out all the days of my life. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Look, if you just made that decision, if you just prayed and said, Lord, I give you my life, I promise you this. Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I will by no means cast them out. And he also said, if you hang on to your life, you lose it. If you give your life for my sake, you give me your life, you find it. And so I'd love to help you with your next step on that journey. We all have next steps. And let us know the decision you made. We have some some next steps. Like one would be baptized, like in water. And yeah, that's, that's, that's going to happen here. Um, we can baptize you in water. I saw the other day a beautiful thing of a dad baptizing his daughter at the ocean. Man, it, it blessed my heart so much. It was so beautiful. I just want to say that as we continue to move forward, Look, we want to be with you on this journey and uh, and help you take next steps in your relationship with the Lord. So I would love for that to happen. I'm going to close us out, all of us out in prayer. And uh, I'll be seeing you before long. Either I'll be I'll be contact you by phone, see you online or the, the joy of my heart is when when we fill this building with the church. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you. For everybody here who's connected with us online, Lord, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your power. And I thank you for your provision. Lord, your promises being fulfilled in their lives right now. Jesus, may you be glorified in everything they say and do. And Lord, may you be lifted up more than anybody, anything during this time. Lord, we love you and I thank you for all you do for us. Jesus, in your mighty name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you.